2: Just follow me, cause we need a little controversy, cause it feels so empty. Without me, I said this looks like God time for me, so everybody just follow These me. These are
3: the kind of days I absolutely love.
2: It feels so empty
3: Undeniable me. evidence of absolute and total failure. Undeniable.
4: Undeniable failure. Even with higher wages, inflation is moving up quicker. So you may be going home with a bigger paycheck, but it's basically meaningless when your grocery bill and your gas bill are higher. Steve, what's the number?
5: 199,000, another big miss here. Uh, November revised up to just 249 from 210,000. Uh, private sector jobs were two eleven, so it looks like we might have lost some government jobs there.
3: Now, let's ask the old man from the Muppets who's up in the balcony yelling.
6: But this morning, I want to talk about, uh, uh, I think it's a historic day for our economic recovery.
3: It's historic, all right, baby. It's absolutely beautiful. It is an absolute proof that what you've done is more damage. That in your year, you've signed 76 executive orders, 46 presidential memoranda, 193 proclamations for continuing resolution increases, not to mention what you've done through quantitative easing and reverse repo, your trickery with the Fed, overnight lending to bank to bank and all that BS, and what you've done is destroy the economy further, so much so that the one thing you never want anybody to find out is the amount of consumer debt that increased. See, they released that number today. It was expected to be $16 billion. It was $40 billion in a month of consumer debt. So what does all that add up to? Absolute and total failure by a corrupt moron pretending to be a president. No matter how they paint it, no matter how many times they lie, the reality is they don't know what they're doing. And I am telling you something right now. If we do not change that course, the direction in this nation, you could just get real use to the lies and the fraud will in the meantime, your quality of life
6: sinks into an abyss. It's, it, it's absolutely astonishing to me. Today's report tells you why. Americans are moving up to better jobs, with better pay, with better benefits. That's why they're quitting their jobs. Oh, that's why Record jobs
2: are back. It's gonna come true. They think that we're free. But baby, you'll be swell, you'll be great, gonna have the whole world on
3: a plate. That's what they want you to believe. They want you to believe, in spite of our own reality, in spite of your own eyes, what you're seeing, inflation rampant, the answer is they have none. Now, can you imagine you're being inundated by these Marxist morons? That you're supposed to want a rate increase. Can you imagine what it will be like? You know what happens to credit card debt in a rate increase? Here, for those people that uh, are not CPS teachers, it goes up. It goes up. The national debt payments go up. Everything goes up. Couple this failure. And, I, you know, I said it quickly. You've pumped over $3 trillion with the presidential decree to specific aspects of the economy. And this is what you produce? An economy our size, the national ebb and flow, the break-even is 195,000 jobs. Break-even. 4.5 million people quit their jobs in that same month. And you could only produce 199. The magnitude of that failure kind of explains why there are YouTube channels dedicated to directing people how to live on welfare.
7: It's your girl, Shalander, I'm back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to be discussing the Restaurant Meals Program by Snap. Now, this program...
3: Restaurant Meals Program by Snap. Now, Snap, for those of us who've worked hard and not wanted to go on government cheese, Snap is so that the government can pay for your groceries. Joe Biden, a year ago, increased it, the greatest it's ever been increased to over $875 a month when the average family of four spends $535 a month. So now, if you're on SNAP, you get to spend more than the average American family spends. And now they've tweaked it just again.
7: Allow SNAP participants to use their EBT card to purchase prepared meals from participating restaurants. Like, who knew? Who knew this was a thing? Now, this does also include, like, the daily section at participating grocery stores, but I'm talking about, like, good places like KFC, Subway, McDonald's, Burger King, Papa Murphy's, and more, my darling. Now, believe it or not, a lot of states are being approved for this program, so if you want to know if your state is on the list, how you could use your EBT card with just a swipe to get you some restaurant food, you already know what to do. Stay tuned, you girls, got you covered. Now, if this is your first tuning in to my channel, hey, hi, hello, hey, friends. My name is Chalet, and here on this channel, we discuss shopping, saving, and everything in between. I would love to have you a part of my Internet family. So easy. Click the big red subscribe button down below, and you're in just like that.
3: There's a, a, a channel dedicated to telling people how to operate in a welfare system. This channel is growing constantly every day. See, what Biden produces... The reality of what he creates is a welfare society. What the Democrat Mafia understands
8: is what they witness here. Hold on. on. What
3: the the welfare army understands is that no matter the abuses they take, they will continue to step and fetch to the Democrat Mafia. And that's how ghettos like Chicago, like New York and New Jersey, will remain Democrat-run for the next hundred years. This is not an accident. So Joe Biden and the Democrats can come out and try to redirect you, but their economic scheme of feudalism is working as it should. Because what naturally will come next is tax increases on those of us that do work, that still want to be independent, that still do not want to be part of the collective. You will be squeezed and you will be sought after. That's why when you see the articles of the supposed Supreme Court, they're going to rule in favor of the small business. Anybody want to bet? Does anyone want to bet if the Supreme Court is going to rule in this, on the side of capitalism and property rights and liberty and free choice? This is a perfect storm of fascism. Perfect storm of failure. Because for some reason, the more these incompetent boobs fail, the more power they get. After all, how could you explain to me? this 80-year-old dementia patient, as leader of the so-called free world.
6: This isn't about workers walking away and refusing to work. It's about workers able to take a step up to provide for themselves and their families. This is the kind of recovery I promised and hoped for for the American people, where the biggest benefits go to the people who work the hardest and are more often left behind.
3: Yeah, that's exactly what's it. It,
6: it I'm telling you, it's absolutely
3: pleasurable.
2: Starting here start now Honey, the everything's coming up rose. And-
3: Twice the singer Bett Midler is. Twice. You turn to page three of the least household survey. I thought
9: it was very interesting that with 3.1 million people reported they've been unable to work because their employer closed or lost business due to the pandemic. This is what I'm hearing from a lot of CEOs is that basically, look, uh, we can't staff or we're looking for people or a lot of our customers have gone under.
3: Forty percent of the unemployment has been stolen. By foreign hackers, we don't even know how much of the PPP, PPP, PPP money is out there. We have no idea. They're reloading it. They're trying to buy complacency. Because once they've got you, it's awful hard to vote against more cheese. After all, the entire conservative movement was started over $8 billion in debt. How are we doing? How are we doing? Barry Goldwater, Ronald Reagan. How are we doing? $30 trillion and counting. And that's only if you skew the numbers. If you add in the unfunded liability, where are you at? Now, here's the thing. It can be be turned around. It can absolutely be turned around. Only when we, the citizens, decide to put the restraints the only place it's supposed to be. On these imbeciles. On the corrupt mafia members like Joe Biden, like Chuck Schumer, like Nancy Pelosi. Like old lady face Mitch McConnell. Because he loves this too. Believe me, he does. Because what they understand is they get to... Another continuing resolution? Oh, no, we won't pass the $3 trillion. In the meantime, that continuing resolution is enriching the very scoundrels that have put us in this position. This is what I needed Trump to do. Reorganize the debt. Who you owe it to anyway? You owe it to yourself. Yet you got half the country cheering for a rate increase? Why? Who gets to make the money? Anybody want to look into that? I'd like to. So I'm not going to come out here and tell you, oh, we got to win in 2022 and things will be great. It won't be great until we put the restraints where they belong. Washington, D.C. Curb all the bills. Audit everything. How much spending is in the continuing resolution? How much spending in the 76 executive orders? How much? Or do you just want to be told information? Do you just want to be told how everything is?
6: But this morning, I want to talk about, uh, uh, I think it's a historic day. Uh for our economic recovery.
3: It's almost comforting to realize that they had to steal the election because the idea that 81 million morons would vote for this diaper-wearing dimwit is nauseating. 312-642-5600. I'll take all your calls when I get back. Can't top Ethel Merman. You can try, kid. You cannot top Ethel Merman. Country's 246 years old. That's it. Youngest country. Anybody want to take a guess at why all these countries that have been around a lot longer than us owe us money? Anybody want to guess what made America a superpower? Freedom. Capitalism. The citizen and his right to improve his life. Not government. It's ironic. As the government gets bigger, we get smaller. And yet so many of us are turning to the abuser for help. How much longer are you going to take this kind of stupidity? This circle of torture, this leviathan growth, before we, the people, demand that it stop. You're going to keep sending Adam Kinzinger's there, pretend they're Republicans, or Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney loves this kind of number. He absolutely loves it. Because he's in control of how they'll reorganize and rejigger capitalism, you know, in order to save it. Really gets you thinking, who does make the interest from the Federal Reserve profits? Who gets that? It's probably a convoluted answer. Nick on the northwest side.
10: Yeah, Sean. <laughs> you're such a great guy. I'm telling you, man. Oh. It's unbelievable. Thank you. Um, I'm oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Um, I was telling the screener that when I retired after 44 years and never been on a welfare on a plane, but uh, about a year after I retired, a friend of mine who made a lot less was non-native. English speaking, asked me to help him out with some applications for assistance on things. I started learning about the welfare system. Uh, from there, and uh, uh, there's a SNAP, SNAP is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, that's the nationwide name in Illinois, it's called the Illinois Link Card. But there's also WIC, Women with Infants and Children, as I understand those are those little white coupons, they're ever seen somebody pay for their food at a checkout line, they got the uh, uh, small white paper with all sorts of stuff printed on it. That's like for fast help to get some food because the link card takes a little while to the process. And i like to say quickly that I did get on it a couple of times with the Illinois link after I retired. Once, about a year, 15, 13, 14, 15 dollars. I'm, I'm all for temporary yeah. assistance and to people who need Yeah, it. can I say, can I say please, that the people in it uh, who run it, I my, my opinion of them changed 99%. I told them that before I thought that just a bunch of people just can't wait to give everything away. And I'm a white guy, and of course, I'm going to give it to somebody black or brown, you know, out of... I feel bad about even there's saying that. more, but there's far more well, here's the
3: thing you got to remember, yeah. Nick. There's far yeah. more, far more white people on government's cheese. Oh yeah, than there are any wh- other white color.
10: people far more by sheer numbers. People.
3: It's the percentage yeah. that the problem is. Yeah. But Nick, but I have a personal, true. I have a personal issue with this, and that personal issue is, I saw them take a friend that I grew up with, that I hung around with, by the hand, and show him how to throw away his life. Now you have it on YouTube. Now they show you on YouTube, and they're all cheery, and they talk about shopping on it and how to live on it. In there lies the problem, because what happens is people don't want to work for it. It's a simple formula. We seem to be ignorant to exactly how co- coercive it really is to us. Verlan on the south side. How's
5: it going, Sean? Good. How are uh, you? I want to, te- to tell you, be careful about saying that the election was stolen. I've been hearing people... All day get beat over the head by telling the truth. It's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Yeah. Now, my question to you is, you I want you is- to explain. Mm-hmm. I want you to explain to the people how you can separate the, 20, the 21 hardcore conservative state from the union.
3: How you can separate them. They, well, first of all, what you're talking about is secession. Can it be done? And the question is, we haven't had one without a war, which is why I don't want to call us the United States anymore. I want to call us the extorted states. The also the other problem you have is the currency. Now how I would do it, you want to really send a shiver up the spine of these roaches? I think these states should start issuing their own currency. <gasps> Can you imagine what would happen? Can you imagine if the let's say the Florida, well let's do it, let's call it the de Leon and you could buy the Florida de Leon. Versus the Illinois dollar. Now, which one do you think people would want? Well, there's a little experiment. It's called Bitcoin. It's an imaginary currency that can be used to purchase certain things on the Internet, but not a lot of things. And yet it takes 46,000 little dirty dollars to buy one of them. Why? Because there are people out there of all ages that have decided with what they're doing to the dollar, the kind of economic trajectory we have, like this report shows, and the future of the fact that the government cannot sustain itself without borrowing more money every month regardless of the taxes it extorts from the people, that would be an indication that the country is bankrupt. So if a couple states out there wanted to, to recognize the fact that this dimwit and diapers with dementia is destroying our dollar and the future, and they said, you know what? We're going to issue our own currency from our own state, which they theoretically could do. See, we have federalism. States have certain rights. But last time... uh You had an argument over currency. Things didn't go so well. So I'm not quite sure you could do it without another war, but you should be able to try. And 21 states right now are trying. I think that maybe when the fat judges in little robes like Elena Kagan, when they uh, take away the personal property of business people who have built a pretty significant business, maybe then they'll start to say, maybe I don't want your dollar anymore. But I I think it would start with the currency would be the smartest way and the most peaceful way. And distance yourself from the corruption in our government, which relies on extortion of the dollar why do you think they go hard after every any country any country that talks about getting off the dollar why do you think we go to war with them you know that you know that in the last 12 years verlan the two countries that have acquired the most gold do you know what they are china and russia no. china and russia china and russia see they're they're playing chess we got dim here biden he, he can't even spell chess they're now talking about getting iran and and getting breaking off from the petrodollar. If they do that, buddy, let me tell you something. It'll make the Weimar Republic look civilized. Of course, we could always go to war. Wow. See, that's what Joe Biden is really putting us in a situation of. Where the only way you can get out of it is war, and that's what he wants to do. Because the more they fail, the more power and money they get. They're not incentivized to have good a good economy. They're incentivized to have people on welfare, because when people are welfare, they're willing slaves. They just wait for the check, and they wait for the cheese. And the only thing you have to do is go get one of those corner grocery stores that buys it at 50 cents on the dollars and just do a little welfare arbitrage. Thank you, Verlan. I love the call. Megan Orland Park.
4: Hey, Sean. Um, that woman, that YouTuber, um, especially with her giddy um, giddy voice, just makes me so sick. And also, the YouTuber people, don't they get, like, many um, million more subscribers, more sus- subscribers more, they have the more uh, money they get. They make money.
3: Yes, she gets she makes a lot of money and on it. it. She's a professional blogger. Her show consists of telling people how to navigate the welfare system. And it's growing every day. Yeah. Now, do you think that what do you think yeah. is going to grow more in these Democrat mafia run states? A YouTube channel about capitalism, about freedom and about what your rights are as a property owner over businesses or one that tells you how to navigate the very complex yet very rewarding Welfare, see, I think it's obvious, Um, and in there lies the problem of the nation, and that is the Democrat platform, because the more people on welfare, the bigger their votes.
4: Yeah. One more thing: Um, those numbers, those job numbers, they, Uh um, you know, they don't have meaning because so many people were not working. So to say. Whatever the numbers were, I, I saw them the other day. It's like, okay, we're not growing. Like, you know, there's not like a lot of jobs are coming. You know what I mean? A lot of people getting back on jobs. Um, Mitch Tyler's McConnell society. extended the
3: borrowing of this country $1 trillion. Two times. $500, 500 billion once, $500 billion again. $1 trillion he expended the uh, spending of our nation. And the jobs report, with all of that spending, is anemic, if I'm kind it's negative if you think about it. That's a big problem, Megan, and that's an indication of the future. And that's why people, Republicans, conservatives, those people who don't, do not do not want to be Soviet citizens better pull their head out of their ass and get involved. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. The idea that politicians are now in control of your opportunity is what I'm having a very difficult time adjusting to. I said something um, last week that I never even told my wife. I went sideways three times in my life financially, but I never told my wife, never, because I didn't want to have that pressure to anybody else, and I knew that given just a little bit of thought and time, I could rebuild and be better than before. You can only have that, and you can only do that, in a society that's built on capitalism. On property rights, because you can create something. You might have an idea for something, anything. And you can go out and do it. In a society where the government can, at a whim, take it away from you, you cannot. And now you are lured into what are my options to feed my family. And there are, sadly, people that have limited options and cannot come up with something. And for them, there should be help. But we don't have that. We've got an entire society now that prefers, prefers to be on government substance and live on that to do what, I don't know. But they're willing to give away the opportunity of all others to do it because we've adopted this idea that society should run on people who work being mortgaged to people who don't. In fact, I've got a health care clip. I was going to save it. I was going to save it, and we may play it again. But it's from that same welfare website. And I remember paying $2,200 a month for a family of four. And if you don't think you do, then you're a moron. You do, your company may just get in the way. But that's money they would prefer to give you. We are 12 years past the biggest failed bill in American history called Obamacare. 12 years past it. And there's nothing we are going to do to remove it. It will be there forever. And that $2,200 for four years? or for, for a family of four per month, 2200 a month, it will grow. And in a year from now, it'll be 3400 because the people that we're sending to be our representatives profit from the insurance companies who've never made more money, and now there's only four of them. That's how it works. And in the meantime, if you're one of those people who turn over your your life, and you say, okay, I give in, I give in, I want the free cheese. Give me the health care. Give me the school. Give me the housing. Give me the food stamps. Do you know for you, we got a special deal for you.
7: Hey, guys. It's your girl, Shalane. I'm back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to be discussing open enrollment for the Affordable Care Act health insurance marketplace. And this is on healthcare.gov. I mean, I'm talking about, like, free health insurance. A lot of you may have referred to this program as a... Obamacare, but this act makes affordable health insurance available to more people. And I'm talking about like the good stuff, like Blue Cross Blue Shield, United Healthcare, and more, my darling. Now,
3: they get it for free? For zero. That I took food off my table, took money off other investments I had an opportunity for, and sacrificed and worked extra hard for free. You get it for zero. Same thing. That's socialism boys and girls and it's working and it is a cancer you cannot get out it has metastasized into our normal life and that's why we allow an eighty-year-old dementia patient to come out and tell you do not believe the very fact that my government just told you our economy sucks and we are bankrupt and this country cannot exist without borrowing more money in 30 days. So get used to it. And how are you going to pay for it? We're never going to pay for it. What we're going to do is continue to suck up your opportunity and suck up the money you somehow earn. Because in order to pay for free, there is no free, stupid. In order to pay for these other people, they have to take it from somebody. The government doesn't have it. It just has the ability to enslave you through its financial malfeasance. Tom, Blue Island.
5: Hey Sean, how are you? I'm going to get a little sideways. Going to get a little sideways with you here. I don't know who's supposed to do these jobs. Uh, You and I are about the same age. When we were kids, if you went by a park in the summer, it was full of kids playing, doing doing athleticism, getting prepared to be in the trades to do something like that. And I know you're not a big. I, I know you're not a sports fan. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to intimate you against like high yeah, like school sports or, or the military, but these kids aren't prepared to do anything in the trades. And where I grew up, probably not much different from you in Melrose Park and Mount Greenwood, our dads were electricians, they were cops, they were pipe fitters
2: yeah.
5: and their kids went to college. Well, no one's there to fill in those jobs now. So these jobs aren't gonna get mm. done. Well, I I understand that.
3: I I understand that. But here's the the beauty of it, and here's where I differ from most Republicans. Then let's get our brickwork done from the Eastern European who just got here yesterday. Let's get our brickwork done from him. Let's get our electrical work done from an electrician. I want an electrician, but from somebody who wants to work regardless of the union extortion rules. Let's uh, let's get our cement work done. From anybody who wants to do that backbreaking very difficult labor, I had an uncle that's what he did. I started out doing I agree, it totally. Right? So so there's always going to be someone to fill the need as long as you allow the ebb and flow of currency. As long as you allow people to go to work. We're living in the second year of the idiots in Washington who've never done anything. This this buffoon in diapers never did a damn thing in his worthless life except extort people, and prostitute government power. So what needs to happen, Tom, you know why I do this all the time? Is that people need to go to Washington, D.C., who are Congress-birthing persons and any other, and they have to understand what the problem is and not go there with the idea of what we need is bigger, more, and just a a, a more abundance of free stuff. What we need is to put a straitjacket on government. I mean a straitjacket. And all of this other money... Let me tell you something. You know who? how they profited from it? Now we now we confiscate. You got a congressperson worth $500 million. Let's start there. That $500 million goes on the debt, Nancy, and you get back on the table and go to work. Because I'm so sick of pretending that these people are anything other than what they are, mafia members who have bastardized our economy and stolen our money. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate the call. Robert Bloomingdale.
11: Hey, Sean. How are you doing?
3: I'm a little sideways. How are you?
11: Oh, a little sideways too, that oh he gets but anyway, the reason I was calling tonight is you know, my question is what are these what, what's what behind I mean, here's my question and it's kinda of, I hope I'm gonna cut this short. What's behind this thing with these people staying home not working? My wife and I went to a local restaurant in Bloomingdale and they have to close during the week now from ten o'clock at seven PM or eight because they they can't find the help. What are these people gonna do if they're sitting on the government door? At 65 years old, with no visible means to support in retirement, they got no retirement plan. What a society,
3: do you think? I, I think a society without character, a society that has turned over their financial right. responsibilities to a government, is a, is a socialist society and a society with no future. So what we need to talk about is the character. And you know, in each and every one of these stories, in each and every one of these stories, what is the problem is that the American character is lower than it's ever been. We've got people doing things to other people. We've got people looking to not do things and get something for nothing. In there lies the problem. Yeah. What made yeah. America great was, number one, you had, the, you had capitalism. You had a, a government that was restrained. The and number two, you had people that wanted better through yeah. work, not through taking it work. from somebody else. <laughs> and in there lies the problem. And, yeah, you're right. It is a punchline now. And why wouldn't it be a punchline? At the kind of numbers you're talking about. Listen to this with the idea of you can pay $2,200 a month for pretend insurance. And by the way, these people who get the the free government insurance, it works just the way yours does. There's no difference. Or you could just bend over and just say, okay, I'm a Democrat now.
7: it's your girl Shalane. I'm back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to be discussing open enrollment for the Affordable Care Act Health Insurance Marketplace. And this is on healthcare.gov. I mean, I'm talking about like free health insurance. A lot of you may have referred to this program as Obamacare, but this act makes affordable health insurance available to more people. And I'm talking about like the good stuff, like Blue Cross Blue Shield, United Healthcare, and more, my dolly.
3: Blue Cross Blue oh God. Shield. And United Healthcare need to be audited. And they need to have the money they stole from the American people confiscated. This way, you don't have to tax us who go to work, because this is an inside game, and you ain't in it. 312 642 5600. What happened to our caller on the line? How are we going to take him? It was an excellent point. It was an excellent point. Keep it this way until the elections in 2022. Extend the lockdown. The iron fist of fraud. Lie to the people every chance you get. Tell them everything's wonderful. Everything's great. Get more people to turn over their future, their opportunities. Create a climate where they don't have any. And then, you do a little mail-in voter. Oh, that's good. Mail-in vote. How could you go wrong? Mail-in vote. Can't possibly go wrong. Everything is. uh, Everything is. You know. How does? What does Ethel Merman say? We should make that the uh, American welfare song. I think it's perfect. I think if, you, if you're if you a Democrat after all, that's ultimately the goal, isn't it? Because from what I can ascertain from the American Marxist Mafia Party, they're not too big on opportunity. Oh, no, they're not. They're big on restriction, which is why the answer to every problem we have in this country is restriction. Just more and more and more restriction. Because after all, once you're restrained... Everybody knows who the master is and who the slave is.
8: The actions we have taken thus far will not be our last. The Justice Department remains committed to holding all January 6th perpetrators at any level accountable under law whether they were present that day or were otherwise criminally responsible for the assault on our democracy. What does that
3: mean? It's that last part that bothers me. Otherwise responsible for the assault on democracy. First of all, I don't agree with any of that, assault on democracy, but otherwise responsible. What that means is they are sitting in a position to have the power to selective, go after who they select. And they're not going to go after the people they favor. And we know that. And that's the people they favor know that as well. And that's why when you turn on the news in the city of Chicago... This is not uncommon.
12: Burglars broke into the Burberry boutique store on the Mag Mile. The heist occurred just before five o'clock this morning in the 600 block of North Michigan Avenue. Chicago police say about six suspects, two of them with firearms, uh, tried to pry open or did pry open the door to that store. After grabbing what they could, they drove away in a truck. No one's in custody. Just two mornings ago, five suspects burglarized a store by breaking in and grabbing merchandise before getting away in a white SUV.
3: And what does the White House have to say about such atrocities as the Democrat mafia-led cities slip into an abyss, into an era that would make Escape from New York look like a Sunday movie? What do they have to say about the actions by these Democrat, George Soros-sponsored attorney generals around the nation, selectively letting go criminals who make things worse for the quality of life among every... Not just Chicagoan, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, California. What do they have to say? Let's go to Pippi Lysdocking.
4: The Manhattan District Attorney has uh, ordered prosecutors to stop seeking prison sentences for certain crimes, uh, including resisting arrest. And I'm just wondering, does that give the wrong message to criminals or to police who are having to enforce these laws that the district attorney is not going to prosecute? And does this in any way undermine the Biden administration's efforts through the DOJ and federal law enforcement partners to crack down on crimes like retail theft? Well,
13: you know where we stand on supporting local police officers, local uh, cops. um, Yeah, we do. We all know where you stand on
3: all these issues. We do know where you stand on all these issues, and we know what happens regardless of the economic numbers that show the true tra- trajectory of our nation. We understand that no matter what
6: comes up, it might as well have said 800,000 jobs, right, Joe? Today's report tells you why. Americans are moving up to better jobs with better pay, with better benefits. That's- I'll tell you, it's like watching Pritzker
3: eat a cream puff. It's like watching Mozart play the piano. It's just a thing of beauty when you see a professional, habitual liar lie to you in confidence, even with, clearly, dementia. He can still pull off the BS, can he? It's a gift, ladies and gentlemen, and 81 million morons voted for it. I wonder if those are the ones that are... Cashing in on a little free cheese.
7: Now, this act also expands Medicaid program to cover all adults with income levels below 138 percentile of the federal poverty level, as well. But not-
3: 138 percentile above the federal pro- poverty level—that's about what? Seventy-eight grand a year. Hmm. You get all that for free. Does explain some
0: of the votes. Three
3: one two six four two fifty-six hundred. I'll be back
0: after this. to clear something up from
3: earlier. I had flippantly said if you make $70,000, you qualify for Obamacare, the new zero. It's actually $61,880. You see, the poverty line for a family of four in America is $26,200. So if you're a family of four and you make less than $61,880, you qualify for the government cheese insurance. If you make less than $144,000, you get some subsidy from the government, which is how you work in a welfare system, so people need the sustenance. Nobody knows these issues when it comes to health care better than Paul Siegert. He's the managing partner at PCS Advisors, a benefits consulting firm with 35 partners and offices across the nation. He also um, is an expert on exactly what we're facing when you fire hundreds and hundreds and thousands of nurses and then use it as an excuse to get more money, Paul, how are you? Thank you for joining me?
14: doing great, John. How are you?
3: Oh, I'll tell you, Paul. Um, I hate when people urinate in my ear and tell me it's raining, and I've got to deal with the Democrat mafia in charge, and that's all they know how to do. I wanted to bring <laughs> you on I wanted to bring you on to kind of help me with what will happen in your in your idea and in, in what you see in the future, with the government kind of takeover of absolute and control using the Fauci invested flu, the vaccine mandates, and the shutdown of the economy. What does the American future in healthcare look like?
14: Well, uh from the mandate standpoint, I think the future's a little it took a turn for the positive is my impression today at the Supreme Court. If if you're uh, Did you see Elena Kagan,
3: fat judge in a little robe? Did you see her ignorance and Sotomayor? Yep.
14: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, here's a, what's kind of happened in that whole area of of what we do. There's, life is full of unintended consequences. If you'd asked me a few months ago before the announcement of the OSHA mandate how many employers would have a mandate, in by the end of the year, 85% were saying they'd have some sort of a policy that included uh, – it would, would be some version of their own. And then when the government got involved and the president made the announcement about the OSHA route – that put the, really the brakes on it, so it had the opposite effect of what they intended. Well, that's cool. And it went from 8 to 85 that said they would to when we finished the year, we only had about 18% of employers that had a policy in place, and only another seven said they'll do it no matter what happens at the Supreme Court and everybody else is waiting to see.
3: That is good news. Today yeah. t- Today I was looking, and Citibank said that they're going to give their people till January 14th, and if they're not vaccinated, they're going to fire them. What I get nervous about when I see one of these... Corporatist kings like Citibank, so interwoven with the government, do it. It takes that first one before all the others jump on board. Do you think this will be the trend this year? Did we lose Paul? Are you there, buddy? All right, we will uh, effort to get Paul Seeger back. Can you hear me, Pete? All right, we're going to work on getting Paul Siegert back. So today, Citibank said that they're going to give their employees to get the jab till January 14th, and then they're going to fire them. What's that? We also heard that... um, Are you there, Paul? Hello? All right, let's see if we can get this clip here.
4: Let's talk about that, because as you well know, the CDC has really been under fire for these isolation guidelines, how long someone needs to stay home once they've been infected. First, the guidance was 10 days. Then you shortened it to five days, but said a test wasn't necessary. Now you say, if you can find a test, go ahead and have a test. With all due respect and understanding to the changing and volatile nature of this virus, why is the guidance so confusing? And and I just have to say, the American Medical Association said the new recommendations on quarantine and isolation from the cdc are not only confusing but are risking further spread of the virus how do you respond yeah
12: very important thank you for the opportunity to clarify so um for many months years we had isolation and quarantine guidance that said 10 days and we are now standing on the shoulders of years of science
3: i want to find out exactly what the ramifications are of that what exactly are the ramifications of 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 are the companies keeping up with the cdc or are the companies, in fact, sticking to the original 10 days? How can you quantify that Mayo Clinic firing 700 health care providers? We have you back,
10: Paul. All
3: right, listen, let's do this. I'm going to go to commercial break. We're going to effort to get Paul Siegert back. Oh, you are? Paul, are you there?
14: I am. Can you hear me now?
3: Now I can. Yes, yes. I think it's the NSA. <laughs> That's great... I've had this with other guests before, Expect an audit in this short future. But these are the hazards you have when you join my show, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> but um, I, wanted to, I wanted to kind of get in a little bit to what you see when the CDC is kind of making things up on the fly. And how well, in the world yeah. do healthcare providers like the, like Mayo Clinic fire nurses in the midst of what we're experiencing? And how do you even quantify what the ramifications of that will be?
14: It's crazy because they're, the entire industry, it's virtue signaling of the highest order. We'll start with that in my opinion. You have these CEOs of some of these large health care organizations coming out saying 99% of their workforce got vaccinated, only 1% didn't, which is true in this case as well, or at least it appears true when you just look at the numbers, some of the numbers that they share. But the reality is the whole healthcare care industry faced a severe staffing shortage before COVID. 500 nurses are leaving the career as we speak to put the shortage up over a million n- nurses nationally, 1.1 million. So sure, 99% of those who stayed got vaccinated, but what about all those who left? And how does that affect, affect your ability to provide the same quality of care? And there's absolutely an impact, uh, especially on the smaller organizations. Mayo can hire talent away from the smaller providers and hospitals and so on, but how does that affect rural uh, healthcare in this country? Um, I mean, I've talked with CEOs of small hospitals in more rural areas, and they're absolutely terrified if they were to have to put in a mandate. They will have to shut down services. Many already have. And they might be the only hospital or safety net type of a hospital in a within an hour's drive of anything else. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really, there's a lot more to it than them coming out saying 99% got vaccinated. That's just not the case.
3: You know, there's another problem that I, I have that, is not really talked about we are a year after the vaccine had been launched the mm-hmm. numbers per day of infections are quadrupled the the deaths per day are quadrupled the insistence by the by the powers that be the oligarchs and the government and more importantly big pharma is don't worry it's working in as we see our own eyes right right healthcare people who were suspicious before because many of these nurses many of these doctors themselves share my opinion and they are not believing the spin right at what point do people say we really need to see some actual results before we buy your idea of limitation restriction and seizure of our companies our hospitals our 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 businesses
14: well, you know we're, we're victims now of noble lying. There's a great article, a great interview out there that you can find. Dr. Harvey Rish, R I S C H. He's from Yale, very world-renowned public health expert. One of the few that's willing to talk out against or just give an opposing viewpoint to anything um, that you're hearing in the mainstream media. Because so, while many are thinking along the lines that you just shared, they're scared say anything about it they'll get canceled they'll lose their
3: careers over i, I mean mayo uh, clinic is, is renowned around the world you know this mayo clinic was the mm. cream of the crop i mean everybody with money when i was a kid that's where they went mayo clinic 700 nurses and doctors and healthcare providers in mayo clinic said i'm going to lose my job that yeah. to me thinks it's uh, you know to me we should at least it's have a conversation tough. rather than censorship
14: Absolutely. How about the fact that we still, it's, and it is re- relatively unique in our approach, the, the U.S. approach to COVID, that the only way out has been, you know, every conversation leads to you have to get vaccinated and everybody has to get vaccinated. We ignore natural immunity. There's now more than 90 studies that show that it's as good and in, in, in some cases better, uh, longer lasting and broader and so on against variants. There's more than 90 studies. And yet, they don't get recognized. And there's more than six studies that show that if you've had COVID and recovered and have natural immunity and you get vaccinated, your chances of an adverse reaction are higher. This is all considered misinformation. If I were to put that on social media, I'd get blocked or. I, I just or had whatever.
3: my YouTube, my YouTube was <laughs> seized from me last week. And you know, here's another thing that I'm I'm a little interested in: the success that uh, Florida has had with monoclonal mm-hmm. antibodies. And the success that other states and other nations have had. And now you see that
14: fight to do that.
3: And now the government, the federal government, the Biden regime has seized and nationalized the industry. And now they are using it as a weapon against their political adversaries. Are there no adults, even in healthcare? Are there no scientists and doctors at the Mayo Clinic that say, all right, listen, enough is enough. Let's fix this damn thing and then worry about the politics? Or are we just going to be subjected to this Soviet-style vendetta Biden administration until this son of a dog is finally out of the office?
14: Well, what we're seeing is the, uh, to quote that Dr. Harvey Rich that I mentioned from Yale, it's the effects of a corrupted economic pharma playing field where they're so powerful, they've got this oligopoly, and they're so powerful that they can absolutely silence anything other than what serves their interests. And they're saints today, uh, but have absolutely not always been so. When you look back in history, yes. you know, some of the things these very same companies have, have done—it's uh, incredible that we ignore herd immunity now. That, but it's interesting now in the last couple of weeks. Now that all the we've made billionaires, and I'm I'm a capitalist, I'm pro business and all of that. Yeah, but, but this ain't that. We don't have free enterprise in that in that in our healthcare system in the way we pay for healthcare. We do not have free enterprise. You don't have the transparency to have it. Consumers don't know what things cost. They know they have a copay, they don't know that that uh, that hospital or whatever provider is going to turn around and bill the plan $500 or $50,000 for the service.
3: I was Medicare. always a f-
14: oh, it's incredible.
3: I was always a fan of Basil Rathbone. I know you're younger than I am, but Basil Rathbone was a handsome son of a gun and he played Sherlock Holmes. And he would spend the whole show and he would piece all the little clues together and then he would, ta da, it was the butler. You know, that kind of right. thing. Oxycontin settlement came out, what, six months, five months, three months before the COVID was released on America. The right. Oxycontin settlement <laughs> should have bankrupted these big pharma companies. They be- they bankrupted some families. right? And here, right when they got to pay, ta da, Here's a trillion dollar contract to spread amongst the three of you. That's right. Are there any other yeah, we'll people pay for that
14: your R and D, and then you get to own those drugs after and make a fortune, an absolute fortune.
3: So now they can and pay no those agility. OxyContin settlements, can't they?
2: <laughs>
14: exactly. I mean, is here's there anybody a, else who one. like Basil
3: or Rathbone? <laughs> I mean,
14: here's how crazy we are. They're firing nurses. They're firing the very people who almost certainly, probably have been exposed and have natural immunity, and were in there with COVID on a daily basis for a couple of years now. And they yet here's there's many hospitals now around the country and health systems that have this policy. If you're vaccinated, so you did what you were told, you got vaccinated, but you test positive for COVID, since there are now staffing shortages, they'll let you work. You can treat patients while COVID positive, just wear your mask because you got vaccinated, and yet they'll fire people that are not COVID positive, who are unvaccinated and won't let them treat the patient that's where we are
3: (laughs) we're in a fracking stooges movie that's where we are and we have the keystone government are you You nuts i go to the doctor i go to the doctor for a colonoscopy and the nurse has covid what are you kidding me this is preposterous paul
14: but now that we've got this the money's been made the deal's done uh now i think we're gonna they've I think they realize they're at the limit of people's patience. And we're going to start seeing like we did on CNN in the last week or two where you have doctors coming out saying, hey, these masks were never effective for any variant. And, there's, and hey, the we're going to start hearing more of the truth, I believe. We're not all at the same risk. Obesity is the number one comorbidity. And uh, they're starting to admit that, something we've known for a long time. There's a lot of the deaths from COVID are people that died with COVID, not of COVID. We're going to start, I mean, Fauci himself said that on a news show in the last 10 days. It, no, So we're, I think my prediction is we're going to see more of that coming out and it's going to wind down uh, because the mission has been accomplished.
3: It does explain why Sotomayor and Elena Kagan are nervous, though, doesn't it? Have you seen the size of these two women? Listen, Paul Siegert, <laughs> I love you. I love what you do. Managing partner at PCS Advisors a benefit consulting firm. I highly recommend you take a look at Paul. You take a look at his writings. Have you written anything recently? You got anything coming out?
14: Well, I uh, they can Google. They can look up our YouTube channel. It's still up. Uh, see some stuff there. Find us online. Uh, and we're happy to help anybody we can. This is our mission every day to fix the problem I'll pay for healthcare.
3: And uh, uh, before I let you go, I'd like to apologize for your upcoming audit. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate you joining us. <laughs> <me.
14: laughs> Have a great day.
3: We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Oh, this is a good song, kid. You were probably conceived of this song here. are just a baby. How did you know about this music? All
12: right,
3: let's go to line 312-642-5600. And by the way, don't forget, it's Friday Features with Me, so if you call, you can still call back and give me the movie, and I have an excellent one for the end of the show. Mark, Northwest Indiana.
9: Hey, Sean. Uh, here's a question for you. Here's what I think is going to happen. The Democrats, the federal government, want to take over health care. They couldn't quite do it through Obamacare. They paid out all this money in COVID money. What they're going to end up doing is claiming fraud over time. These CEOs and the board of directors will hand over the keys to these systems in order to avoid going to jail. I think that's a long-term plan. I just want to know your opinion.
3: I think, and I'm, I'm curious, and I'm going to keep you on the line. I'm curious to know what, what, what you think about my retort to that. They've already quasi-confiscated these companies. The reason that Obamacare needed to be implemented was to consolidate the pretend insurance providers like Blue Cross and Blue Shield, which is a quasi government company. And now the money is and the corruption and the payouts, you know, for this COVID, they're not paying anything. They have record profits. They're paying nothing. The health care think about this. How many politicians like Pritzker stopped all kind of elective surgeries and all kinds of different procedures? And at the same time, the reaction by all of the Zoom doctors is to tell people that they were depressed and put them on antidepressants so that you have a windfall by the pharmaceutical companies. I think it's worked exactly as intended, and this way there is an illusion of private companies. What they need is they cannot admit they are Soviets, so you just corrupt, infiltrate, and co op companies so that it looks as if it's private when it never really is like Blue Cross and Blue Shield, which every executive should be imprisoned in my book. What do you think?
9: I think you are exactly right. The only thing you're going to find is fewer physicians are going to be in private practice. They're going to be pushed into this federal system, and you'll, you'll find fewer and fewer quality doctors out there.
3: You are seeing an effort where doctors, medical professionals who have been practicing for decades, cannot have their own opinion about COVID, about the vaccine, and about the actions that should be taken by them. They can't prescribe you certain drugs. They're leveraged. They're intimidated. They're extorted. It's a big problem, brother. And that's why I'm glad that when Barack Obama hamstrung us with Obamacare, I bought undergrounddoctors.com where you will soon be able to find a medical professional. Thank you very much, Mark. Got to have foresight. You got to know what's coming and you got to see what the goal is. The goal is by the american mafia marxist democrat is not for you to have freedom it is not for you to have property it is for you to have a level of comfort you will accept while recognizing you are the slave and they are your master and it's a, it's it's indifferent to their ability
6: to be master after all you've got this in charge but this morning i want to talk about uh uh i think it's just... You
3: don't know what you want to talk about you moron And that's not water in your shoes. Your socks are wet because your diaper's leaking. 312-642-5600. Hello,
2: Friday.
3: We had a doctor that I wanted to get to. He hung up. Did you know that the AMA is among the nation's largest lobbying organizations? They absolutely are. They're working hand-in-glove with Big Pharma. Doctors, unfortunately, have been knuckled under, incentivized. The whole reason you had an opioid crisis is because they lied to doctors. Lied to doctors. Oh, it's going to be fine, little oxy. Don't worry, it's good for you. How'd that work out? And then when they had that settlement of billions and billions and billions of dollars, they got a contract worth trillions and trillions. Huh, that's a good deal. Dave, Downers Grove.
8: Hi Sean. Hi. Dan. So um, I, I just wanted to share my story real quick. Um, so going into the summer, you know, really this whole time, you got. To, I just want to tell people they got to have a plan. If they haven't had COVID yet, the real COVID, not you know this cold that's going around now or whatever. But um, you got to have a plan going in. So I had a plan. I had contacted my doctor, who was with uh, Elmhurst's, uh you know, Edwards Health System or whatever.
3: With oh, the guy in. And, front, yeah. uh,
8: well, yeah, well, see, the thing is, is none of these big groups, DuPage Medical, Advocate, Amita, none of them are treating COVID. You go to their website, they got vaccinations, vaccinations, testing, screening, and then post-COVID treatment. Nothing for treating COVID while it's happening. Nothing for home treatment, nothing. So I ended up finding a doctor who is one of the few who was a holdout and didn't, you know, he's a private practice, didn't go the to the devil with DuPage Medical and all that other garbage. He held his ground. He said it was really tough, but he held his ground. And I, I got to tell you, I so I, I basically got three drugs prescriptions. I got um, budesonide, which is an inhaled steroid, uh-huh. hydroxychloroquine, and doxycycline. So I, I was in the dumps oxygen levels in the tanks, but there was no way I was going to the hospital. I I, I got the prescriptions from Walgreens, picked them up. It, it cost me maybe $30 in prescriptions. I got the first dose in me that night, woke up the next day, was probably 85% better. By the second day after the the next round of doses, I, it was like it never happened. I actually felt better than I, I haven't felt that good since I was 40. And, you know, the thing is, is that there's, when I tell people this, they look at me like I got three eyeballs, like, oh, silly Dave, there's no treatments for COVID. What are you talking about? Oh, conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. Living, walking proof that there are treatments and they're not allowing doctors to, to treat people with this stuff. And it's a crime. It's the crime of the century, if not our, our lifetime. And what's the history. Going on I believe. Right
3: I, and by the way, I believe and, you're exactly right.
8: And and since then I've you know I've I've pre-composed an email with all the information, doctor's information, and whenever somebody you know, I tell somebody eh, why don't you send me that information? So since the summer I've turned about thirty people on to my doctor, and he's the same treatment with them, and they had the same experience. And people tell me, oh well, you don't know if you would have gotten better anyway. Well, whatever. I'm I no, but- I know how I felt, and I know what it did to me, and I know that it was like a magic bullet. Dave, and, I'm going to uh, put you
3: on hold, and I'm going to have Misty give you my email. All right. All right. And I want you yeah, to, I'll want it you to keep me in the loop. Here she is.
8: You got it. Thanks for all you do, man. I appreciate it.
3: Thank you, Dave, for all you just did. And the reality is that's not an uncommon story. Half of the reason that I, I stay down here in Florida is because down here in Florida, to some extent, you are protected from the government. And that is unfortunately the position we are in. The drugs that Dave was treated with cost him $30. Hospitals who turn you away but yet report a COVID case get $3,000 from the government. Do you not think this is about money? You think I'm kidding you when we talk about big pharma and the collusion and the corruption therein? Why would they be the number two lobbying firm, the AMA? And where do they get their money? Think about all of the atrocities that have happened, and I don't condemn doctors. I, one of my favorite people is a doctor. Jim Dalio, family friend. I never needed a doctor because well, Jim was our family friend. I never wanted a doctor because I would call Jim. Hey, I feel this. Okay, there. He was a wonderful, brilliant man. But he wasn't interested in enriching big pharma. He was interested in helping you. Hydroxychloroquine is something that, if Trump wouldn't have said it, maybe we could have saved Hundreds of thousands of lives. How do we know? We do know that there are countries that were already dealing in it that did save tremendous amounts of lives. I think it's become more and more obvious who's in control.
0: It is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer.
3: And so on and so on. Don in Bloomingdale.
1: Hey, Sean. You know, um, most doctors are not members of the AMA, by the way. Um, They're losing their roles really fast. But uh, do you think for a minute that maybe the government overplayed their hand and they really thought that the citizenry would just buy this hook, line, and sinker and we'd all line up and get vaccinated at the end of the story? They didn't think that there'd be people out there questioning them.
3: There's a small minority, though. You do realize that, Don. We're, we're, we're in our own way, we are very unique, the people who espouse the, the principles steeped in Americanism. We're not the majority anymore. No. You realize? We're not the majority. Yeah. So the more and more people want that, have that slave mindset, and they want to feel that they are, in fact, taken care of. And there is a, a, a parent that is in control of righteousness. We call them Democrats, for lack of a better word. And they are lockstep with the totalitarian government. Couple that with numerous Republicans. So you've got a big problem, Don. I I, I think we should lose the idea that we're the majority and that our ideas of capitalism, of freedom, of Americanism are popular in this country. They're not. It's all right in front of us each time we release these economic numbers, each time we have an election to a certain extent. What are the Republicans that win? Are they the Republicans that espouse the, the American principles the way you and I knew them when Basil Rathbone was on TV on Sunday? Are those guys still around? No, no, they're no. right-wing conservatives. They're nut jobs, right? And you have right. more and more people that are cheering for more and more government control over every aspect. How many of the, of the suburbanites love the idea that they're going to shut down Illinois again? How many? I mean, I think, uh, it's, I think you're about 60%, brother. Yeah, but how many are leaving? I mean, so... so. And in there yeah. is the solution, Don. I'm sorry, brother. I, uh, yeah. no, I, 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 I was with a, I was with a wonderful guy today. Wonderful guy. I don't want to embarrass him. I had lunch with him today, and he wants to really make a difference. He's got a pack. He's a, just a great guy. And he wants to put all this money into Illinois, and he made the mistake of calling me and asking me <laughs> what I think. And what I think is very evident when you see politicians like Sean Keston... And Laura Underwood win. When you see the state accept the hand puppet of Mike Madigan as the new speaker, Chris Madigan, that's what I'm going to call him. I'm not even going to give him his real name. And you see them negotiate negotiate a rate increase to ComEd that's been bribing the Mafia Democrats for decades. And the, and, and the Illinoisan just says, oh, okay. And you see this fat bastard tell me how to live healthy? As he stuffs a tie in a crack and pretends to be governor, you got a problem on your hand, kid. Thank you, Don, for the call. I appreciate it. Michael, Chris, Tom, we're going to take your calls when I get back. 312-642-5600. i got two lines open after this. You know, I think there are, um, to give you a kind of a window in what we're dealing with, there is a prosecutor who is an anti-vaccine person. She spoke against it. She was a young woman. She got COVID and she died. The left is excited about that. See, I'm not excited when people who get their vaccinations and take their boosters and listen to the government die. I want to tell them, isn't it? was it worth it to surrender yourself and your dignity and your freedom and your liberty? Was it worth it? Because they're dying too. We're all dying. Everybody dies. This is a flu and it's very, very serious. And people will die. Just like always, every year in this country, we lose 7.9 million people for a variety of reasons. Very few are like Betty White, natural causes, although she did get the booster. The reality is we need to see where it came from, and then we need to treat it with everything. You got an idea? Does it work? Should I be allowed to, to, to take it, or am I the property owner over my own body? Or do politicians get to decide what I am? In there is the problem. The spe- the specificity of treatments. When you're being steered, when you're being censored, there's something wrong. There's something corrupt. That's all I'm saying. And by the way, I want to know who invested in the in the Wuhan lab. I'd like to see what Pickleface was doing. That's just me. Tom, <laughs> Crystal Lake.
1: Yeah, hi. I'm a private physician, Sean, and a big supporter of yours. Oh, thank I, you. I too. Yeah, I, too, have been pressured by the local health system, and even the American Board of Internal Medicine sent all board-certified physicians an an email threatening us that if we give misinformation, that our certification and license could be taken away. It's fascinating how uh, totalitarian the system is. The American Medical Association is the biggest scam it's really a shame. But I will tell you that some of these people that call and, and swear by ivermectin, or if you take this inhaler and hydroxychloroquine, that that's going to be the, the silver bullet. That's just not accurate information. Hydroxychloroquine has one clinical study that, that supports it. Ivermectin has none. Yeah. And uh, so you got to be a little bit careful on people I, that are and... on our side. They, they preach a little bit
3: on the wacky side. Oh, listen, I I agree with that. Listen, you're talking to a guy that when I had COVID, I did the show every day, and I smoked eight cigars and told myself I felt better. So I get it. Believe me, I'm not going to say that that's advice I should give my daughter. But at a certain point, Tom, should not everything be tried on somebody who is sick? Should not something, even if it has a remote idea of helping, if you know it's not going to hurt? And the one thing you have to say about um, ivermectin, It was a touted drug prior to COVID. It was something that I watched scientists and doctors receive accolades. Uh, Wasn't there a doctor that... I have
1: no problem with a patient and a doctor deciding for themselves what's in their best interest. What really upsets me about this pandemic has been the heavy-handed authoritarian pressure on doctors and the whole health system to behave in one particular direction. And it's very scary, very scary. Tom, can I ask
3: you a question before I let you go? Because I, I, I want to thank you, by the way, for listening and calling. But I want I want to ask you something. I am very suspicious of big pharma. I uh, I see the kind of corruption that the and the kind of money we're talking about. Is this something that's plagued the medical industry for as long as I think it has? Am, am I overly pessimistic, or does it seem to be incentivized through maybe?
1: I would say that I think it's very corrupt, but it's not corrupt to the regular physician and the pharmaceutical industry. Long gone are the sort of cushy relationships where doctors go on vacations and, and, and to oh. prescribe a certain drug. I can't even freaking get a pen or a handkerchief <laughs> w- with a Pfizer well, name on it. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I, I think the corruption is at a much higher level perhaps with the health systems and
7: yeah. the
1: pharmaceutical industry. But the well, independent Tom, doctors, they're being crushed. If
3: you want a pen, I'll give it to you. If you want a TV show, you've got to call <laughs> Pfizer. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> I appreciate the call. Listen, Michael, Chris, Bob, and Susan, I will take you all. The next half hour, it's going to be, let's just have a, I'm going to take all your calls next half hour, and then we're going to do Friday Features with me. And let's relax. I have a great movie, and it's a surprise. Couldn't believe it when I saw it. Um, but I'm gonna take your calls on this topic after the news.
0: From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show.
2: My biggest
3: problem is the idea that these fascist low lives can help anything. Now let's see if I get suspended from YouTube again, shall we? I am reading from the World Health Organization, also known as WHO, 2018, actually 2017, December 13th. World Health Organization. 650,000 people worldwide have died to complications from the flu, it was before COVID was ever heard. Deaths in America last year with the restrictions from DUI 10,142. In America last year, from food poisoning, 3,000 people, 128,000 hospitalized from food poisoning. We are fragile human beings. We absolutely are. There's no question about it. What is the level of hyperness of scared citizens? How many will it take in order for you to allow Washington, D.C. to take over your life? This is the divide in the country. It's that simple. There are places in the country where your rights as an American will be protected. They're becoming scarce. They're becoming few and far between. We're down to 21 states that are actively suing the Biden regime from seizing control over your life. The question is, is there a day worth giving up for a pretend security? I mean that. This is the discussion I think we need to have because if you're going to get dragged into their argument, as I look at a people now that for day number four want to talk about 700 fat guys walking through the Capitol breaking windows, not a one of them with a firearm as an insurrection, then we're in for a long argument, a long three years. And this is where we're going to go to if you do not have politicians that want to stand up for you as an American.
5: I can tell you this. I can tell you this. We are not letting anybody impose restrictions or mandates on the people of Florida that is totally off the table that is
3: that's what every elected official in this country regardless of party should be saying we're Americans damn it if you if it was about the flu then why didn't we allow the world health organization to do it when 650,000 or 1000 human beings died prior to covid michael on the north side hi michael
15: hello Hey, how are you? Good. So on this uh, call is not sponsored by Pfizer. I just want to let you know that up front, or I just want to make sure of that. Okay. Thanks.
3: Save yourself um, for a hey, Sunday show. Go ahead.
15: Hey, listen. So here's the thing. Your last guest, Paul, he nailed it. Let me tell you. Um, I'm a healthcare professional, and he he was talking a lot about the the criticality and how how the shortage of healthcare workers is out there. You know, there's a there's a periodical called Becker's that everybody in the healthcare industry reads, and basically they talk about more recently the, the how critical shortage, short the healthcare industry is now. And in New Mexico, 52% of the hospitals are critically short. And they're saying that in Illinois, it's about 8% of the hospitals. I live it every day. I see it in the front lines. Let me tell you, it, it, it's amazing what we're seeing right now. And, and basically, to have people fired over the vaccine, this is how crazy it is now. You ready? So yes. we fire people in January because of the VAC. And then we find out, well, wait a minute, we're going to extend things, and we're not going to do anything till maybe March, right? So what do we do? We call people back to try to see if they'll come back to work. How ludicrous <laughs> is that? It's ridiculous. How absolutely off the Michael, wall. Michael,
3: I I've wanted to ask, you know, I had a couple doctors call, and I should have asked them, but I want to ask you, I mean, I, I, I'm not asking you to incriminate yourself. I don't want to know what your status is or where you are. But how do you quantify the devastation done to citizens by politicians, both fat and they cannot bathe themselves without an assistant, and the normal ones, shutting down elective surgeries? This, to me, is something that doesn't get enough attention. How do we ever quantify the devastation to health care that taking a year of people and saying you can't get these electives, and we're doing it again, by the way, in Illinois, how do you quantify the, that the result of that in humanity? And does anybody care oh, in the healthcare business? Oh, oh my God, Sean! Here's the deal: we learned a lesson. You know,
15: we are we have the benefit of living this a year ago, right? And we did it. What did we learn? We learned that six to eight months late eight months later, these people come out of the woodwork. People are sick. They should have been treated months ago, and they weren't. So what we're finding now is a normal person who could have been treated at maybe a, a screening level and found maybe a minor surgery, they're coming back super sick. Why? They stay at the hospital for two reasons. Number one, they think the hospital is loaded with the germ, right? So they're not coming to the hospital. The second reason they're doing it is they are doing is they can not get in. People can't get in for, for treatment. It's crazy. Yeah. So what we found was six to eight months later, people are really sick, and we're going to do it again. And that's what blows my mind here it's it's it's, it's amazing that the service we're doing in the community hey we get in this profession to take care of people that's our duty right yeah. and now we're turning around and, and telling people we're not going to take care of you oh and by the way you're going to get really sick now and you're going to come back a couple months later and you're going to be at the point where maybe we can't treat you anymore and you nailed it i mean you're right on with that
3: thank you michael if, michael you, listen thank i want to thank you for calling and for listening it means a lot to me but before i let you go i have never been to the doctor since 1982 I smoke several cigars a day. I think that's what keeps me healthy and handsome. My wife has talked me into a procedure that I'm reluctant to have. I call it the Sylvester. I'm supposed to go in for this procedure. Can these rats give me the vaccine while I'm under? And has that ever happened?
15: No, no, they can't do that. And by the way, you are good looking. I shared a table oh, with you. you at the uh, Freedom Summit, <laughs> and uh, we had a good time. Uh, Michael, but no, they can't thank
3: you. All right, that's all I want to know. I want these guys slipping it to me while I'm under. Damn it! I can't
10: believe she talked me into this procedure. Chris Milwaukee Wisconsin Sean Sean you keep me smiling love your show keep it up love what you do
3: thank
10: you I I was listening about two three callers ago uh, the guy who had two or three different uh, prescriptions or therapeutics and hey I test I passed the test on Monday I am covid positive this week <laughs> and, and and my my <laughs> choice <continue>. yeah <laughs> my my choice after talking to a doctor after talking to a medical professional back in early December was to get a prescription of ivermectin. So I felt, felt terrible Mon- early Monday morning, couldn't move, joints ached, whatever. Took my first pill around you know noon or 1 o'clock when I passed the test. And you know ever since then, it's been, been getting a little bit better each day. And the thing is, it's my choice. That's no, the, I agree, the, I Chris. Not, life
3: is supposed yeah. to be your choice. That's why I wanted to start out. What excuse is good enough to ta- to take your judgment over your own health, your own body, your own life away from you? I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any. And I think that they want people to lose the perspective that people have mm-hmm. been dying since the time humanity reared its ugly head from the ocean or whatever you believe. The problem is well, uh, this is something that, that has been used as a weapon against us and against our way of life. And it's a problem when the health care providers do not want you to understand that 99.5 of us have survived it. It's a tragedy when they die. I had that young girl, 36 years old. I talked about her, my friend's sister-in-law. It's horrific. It's a tragedy. She followed the rules, and she still ended with the results. It's, this is a major problem, and we need to have some perspective, and we need to allow doctors to throw everything at it. Because what if we're I in totally a position agree. where now you're going to be made fun of, right, Chris? After all, you should be sounding like Mr. Ed, right? Didn't they want you to believe it was a horse medication?
10: Oh, yeah, People in my own family said that, <laughs> yep, yep. Hydroxychloroquine,
3: remdesivir. I don't yeah. care what it is. Just let the people at it so that more of us could live rather than telling us we're going in the right direction in the face of failure every day. Thank you, Chris, for the call. I really appreciate it. All right. Susan in Highland Park. Love the name.
12: Hi there. So I finally got my dose of COVID last week. And as we've been talking for the last year, I had a unique situation where I have an autoimmune. I had to make a tough choice because if I had taken a vaccine, Sean, it probably would have over-rotated my immune system and caused havoc. So I gambled, and I'll have to tell you, um, my father told me, do not, never let another person ruin your existence, and that has stuck with me forever, thank God. Yeah. Was it an easy COVID? No. Am I standing? Yes. Did I get hospitalized? Thankfully, by the grace of God, No. But I am here to say I had a wonderful medical practitioner. She's written medical exemptions for me, has stood by me, and this is the way life should go, not having oh. some overpaid bureaucrat tell me how to live my life. Yeah. Thank you, no.
3: Susan, I appreciate it, and I'm glad you made it. And if you want to really take a risk, drive a Mercedes through the city of Chicago. That's a lot riskier than taking your chances, in my opinion. Tom in Richmond.
9: Hi. Hey Sean. I went I love your show by the way. I Thank went you. to a uh, seminar in Roselle about five weeks ago for doctors and nurses on how to treat COVID. I'm not a doctor, but I got lucky enough to be invited. There were about three hundred of the three hundred of them there. They gave him he was the primary speaker, Peter McCullough. They gave him standing ovations numerous times. He's spoken in front of the Senate every major uh, medical institute in the country. His primary message was the American hospitals, the universities, the government, all they want to do is administer remdesivir, which has a horrible death rate. It was kicked out of the Ebola trials uh, tests in in, uh, Africa and used the vent. No ivermectin, no hydroxychloroquine, no uh, budesadine, nothing. And he had these charts, which I texted to this number. I don't know if that's a combo line, but... The U.S. has 4% of the population, 22% of the deaths. Our performance, our deaths per 100,000 are almost the worst in the world. We're getting our ass kicked by India, Korea, all these countries. And these charts I've sent you have the death rates of these sometimes third-world countries that are much better than ours. And that was his primary message. We are not treating COVID. We're... Sending people to the hospital, and all we do is remdesivir in the vent. Yeah. And he was on Rogan, and my uh, who's the guy that one of the guys that invented the M MNR- and Robert Malone. Okay. Rob, yeah, he was on Joe Rogan. I'm, I haven't gotten no. that one yet, but their message is the same. It's a scam by the pharmaceutical companies, by the hospitals, and we're the victims. And the guy that just called it that was a doctor who said there's no uh, studies. The petri Petri dish of tests is the world. And you could look at the chart. Careful, careful.
3: Tom, if you're going to ask people to start thinking about what we've lived through for the last year and start looking at the results of what's happened as we've listened to political whores and pimps, oh, boy, Tom, you're going to be in a
0: big stew and then never forget. CNN Tonight, brought to you by Pfizer. Early start.
8: Sponsored by Pfizer.
3: Don't worry, just listen to Joe Biden.
2: Oh, take a bow. Honey, everything's up, 312-642-5600,
3: I'll be back after this. I wonder who's got to win an election before we can find out how in the frack this thing was created, because I'm not buying the bat story. Oh boy, I probably got kicked off YouTube again. I was just going to go to Gina, and she's gone. Bob in Elmhurst. Oh, Sean. Yes, Bob.
8: Off-talk, off-topic sort of. Uh, my father worked hard, send four kids to a private school. I don't understand. What is going on? Why aren't these kids in school in Chicago? Can you tell me why? 99 99- point whatever percent that you survived this thing and probably 100 percent of these school teachers are vaccinated why aren't they in school
3: kind of leaves you to believe you know when somebody who's vaccinated gets nervous how come they never get nervous when they're vaccinated for the measles or for um polio or for any of the other vaccines that stay in your body for a century well half a century and they get on an elevator in a third-world country. Why aren't they nervous? And they're nervous now well, about this. I think the answer is within your, your your question. And the other thing you have to remember, what you're asking cannot be answered. Thank you, Bob, by the way, for the call. Cannot be answered by Pippi livestocking
8: As we speak right now, 350,000 kids, school kids in Chicago remain out of school. Most are black, Hispanic, and are poor. This administration has called for equity in education. So who does the Biden administration blame for failing these young kids?
13: Well, first of all, the president has been very clear he wants these schools to be open. Uh, including in Chicago and including across the country, uh, that we took steps early on in the pandemic, even against skeptics who didn't think we needed this funding in the American Rescue Plan to pass $130 billion that has already been distributed to states uh, and gone to many schools across the country to put in place mitigation measures. It hasn't been applied. Now, couple 350000
3: times by $28,000, and you start to see the kind of money we're talking about. And you don't want to go to school? And you don't want to teach the kids? And why would you? Right? You can stay fat and sassy at home, can't you, CPS?
13: everywhere, but a lot of states have used this and a lot of communities have used this very effectively. So he would like to see schools open. Uh, He believes that not having them open, as you've touched on, impacts the mental health of children. We've seen that. We know that learning gaps is something that we are seriously at risk of at this point in time, and that's why we'll continue to call for schools to open. 96% are open across the country and are doing the right thing. But do the Marxist mafia, Democrats, do they want a smart electorate? And I'm dead
3: serious about this. Do they want a smart electorate? I mean, after all, who could possibly vote for a Democrat when you have to live in the wreckage that they call policies? Take a look at wherever they rule, wherever they rule. What's the quality of life? Would you say the people that stay in the Democrat mafia hellholes are smart? I mean, aside from the corporatist scum who profit from their corruption and their mafia rule.
0: Here are the top five outbound states, the states with the highest percentage of people moving out versus moving in. See if you can spot a trend. Ready? Here we go. The top outbound states for 2021, New Jersey, 71% of its moves were out. Fourth year in a row, New Jersey's held that, quote, title. Up next, Illinois, Uh then New Jersey's neighbor to the north, New York. Then New York's neighbor to the northeast, Connecticut, and rounding out the top five. California, which people apparently can't flee fast enough. Notice all Democrats, all destroying the quality
3: of life in what was once the greatest country on the planet. Who else would
6: believe the Democrat lies? Today's report tells you why. Americans are moving up to better jobs with better pay, with better benefits. That's why they're quitting their jobs. That's this isn't about workers walking away and refusing to work. It's about workers able to take a step up.
3: So do you think they want smart kids? Do you think the Democrat mafia wants smart people? They want cunning, scum, slip-and-fall lawyers that sit on the investment groups like the Table of Wisdom where two Cook County judges sit along with corrupt aldermen under indictment like that scum Eddie Burke. What's his wife do? Oh, yeah. Illinois Supreme Court Justice. Like Mike Madigan. Both members. The Table of Wisdom, LLC. I mean, someone's got to be the landlord of these ghettos. It might as well be the politicians and their apparatchiks in law. So do you think they care when the children suffer and can't go to school? Do you think they need the children to understand what education is and how to think versus what to think? How in the world could they get constituents to follow actual trained Marxists that seem to be leaders and seem to be
13: political ideologues. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, We uh, are trained Marxists.
3: And the head of BLM, and I don't mean Bureau and Land Management. There's an eco-Nazi that heads that up in the Biden administration. So it's not in their best interest to send the kids to school. Because what if a small percentage of them, just a small percentage, were able to figure out they're not helping you. They're keeping you a slave. They're keeping you down. The reality is, you're hopeless in these hell holes. Run by Democrats.
9: We turn to page three of the Lee's household survey. I thought it was very interesting that with 3.1 million people reported they've been unable to work because their employer closed or lost business due to the pandemic. This is what I'm hearing from a lot of CEOs. No, is that
2: no, no?
3: Even this Kramer, even you, you Democrat scumbag, you can't put lipstick on this pig. It's going to take
6: a master swindler. Provide for themselves and their families. This is the kind of recovery I promised and hoped for for the American people. Where the biggest benefits go to the people who work the hardest and are more often left behind.
3: It's great. This is working exactly as Joe Biden thought it would work. It's going swimmingly. One two six four two fifty six hundred. Take all your calls when I get back. Let's all go to the live.
7: Let's go
12: to the
15: movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now
3: on with the show. All right, I have to tell you,
12: I get calls all the time. This
3: is the favorite part of the show, which I don't know how to take that. But I do love it. And I am a movie guy. I don't watch men in costumes chasing balls who happen to be roided up. I don't watch the subsidized kids in their costumes. I uh, like movies. Always did. That's why when it came time to use an Ethel Merman clip, it's a mad, mad, mad world. Are you kidding me? Love that movie. Highly recommend that for a throwback. But I saw one this week that surprised me. Spent a little time. I said, let me go to this show. I had a taste for popcorn. The King's Man. Now, it's a prequel to The Kingsman. Which is kind of, you know, I really, it's kind of goofy, The Kingsman, But The King's Man is a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I highly, highly recommend it. As for a documentary, I also, by the way, a TV show, 1883, excellent, fantastic. For a documentary, Eric Clapton, Standing at Crossroads. I, I think they were all good. But this is the time when you give me your movie pick, and I like a documentary, So let's go to the, and if you called in, you can call in again and give me a movie. So let's go to Eduardo in Midway.
11: Yeah, Sean, thank you for taking my call. So here's 281 for Sidney Portier. The uh, co-stars are Tom Berenger and Shoot to Kill, and then Little Nikita River Phoenix.
3: I did not see that. All right, I'm going to watch that. They're good. All
7: right, they're good. Did you ever ever
3: see Sidney Portier? Have you ever seen him in The Defiant Ones? Sidney Portier? Did you ever see that movie? No, but uh, I got
6: some homework to do, yeah. I got to see that.
3: I'm telling you, one of my favorite, favorite movies, The Defiant Ones. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, Let's go to Brian. Is it, uh, where are you calling from? Wheatfield, Indiana?
11: Yep, Wheatfield, Indiana.
3: Oh, thank you for listening.
11: Yeah, thanks, Sean. And I want to tell you too, real quick. You know, thanks for doing this show. Uh, definitely fill a hole that was left after Rush left oh. because you do it in for. Well, but you do an informative and entertaining show. So oh, I appreciate. I want to that. tell you more that more than but,
3: you know. Thank you very much.
11: But uh, the movie was Last Picture Show, is 1971, and uh, has Civil Shepherd, Jeff Bridges, and Timothy Bottoms. I think I caught that the other night. Up late, I think it was on TNT or something, but it was actually really good. She and was then the something in her
3: day, though, huh? She was a sexy double, wasn't she?
11: Yeah, and if you watch that movie, you get to see a lot more of her than I ever thought I would. So, yeah, uh, poor
3: thing, aged kind like cheese, but she really had something when she was young. <laughs> what do you got for a documentary?
11: In search of Doc Holliday, I uh, I kind of like the old west stuff, and it was just very interesting to see how his life kind of bounced around and
0: I think, know, he got in
11: trouble like he always. Uh, he always seemed to get with uh, the right people when he needed to. So,
3: and it's true, he married his cousin, right? Isn't that what got him in trouble? He had to flee the family because of it.
11: I think so. That and yeah, yeah and then he just kind of, you know, like he'd get in trouble, but then he would get with the right people and kind of, kind of work his way out of it. So he's just a smart, gentlemanly kind of guy, and uh, little cookie with the marrying
3: the first cousin or fooling around with the first cousin. <laughs> little cookie, but when you think hey, about back it, back then,
11: though, I mean, what, what, what'd you have to. You know, choose from so. And
3: how many people? Oh, there you go. How many people know that Albert Einstein also was married to his first cousin?
11: I didn't know that.
3: A little freaky, got a wealth of useless information. Oh, oh, so thank well, you very I much. <laughs> thank you, thank you, a little kooky. Someone was playing a first cousin clip. Nick in Kenosha.
10: Hey, Sean, how are you?
3: Wonderful, Nick. How are you?
10: I'm good. I have to start off
15: with I'm a little hurt because I called earlier uh, this week and I think I got you too fired up. You didn't say thanks for the call. I felt a little hurt.
3: Oh, Nick, well, it's implied. Thanks for the call, unless you're a Chicago <laughs> Democrat, then I give you out the address of where you can meet me the next day. No one shows up, though, Nick. Go ahead.
10: <laughs> yeah, um, they
9: live.
3: Is this the one with... Um...
9: Roddy Piper.
3: Oh, okay. I, 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 and it's,
15: it's, it's the, the, the put on the glasses, which is possibly one of the best fight scenes ever. Really, But it, really. uh Because there's a movie with Manny
3: Potemkin where he plays an alien. And I can't remember the title. I always get confused. Oh, Cocoon? No. No, 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 no. Manny Potemkin plays an alien. And it's got, uh, Hmm. I think James Conn might be in it. It's an excellent movie. Excellent movie. And, uh, you know, as you know, I'm into the aliens. After all, we're going to need their currency to bail us out of this pickle. Thank you, Nick. And thanks for the call. See what I did there?
8: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. <laughs> oh.
10: <laughs> love it. John Lincolnwood. Hey, Sean. Been a couple of weeks. How you doing, sir? Wonderful,
3: wonderful. Tan, loving every right. minute of it. Beautiful. Did you see the new uh, James Bond? No Time to Die? Not only did I see it, I'm a James Bond aficionado. And it discussed. Oh. Me. I love the beginning, but James Bond doesn't die. So I loved it. <laughs> What the hell are you doing <laughs> killing my guy? So up until the well, end. He, he get, want it out, so it's, it's a
10: good way to get him
3: out of it, I guess. I, I, the, the, the Bond is bigger than an actor. We needed yeah, 007. And it was I'm not going to transition I, I now into a woman kicking derriere. No offense to the ladies out there. One of my favorite action movies, Ava. Great action movie. Great, great movie, yep. But come on, you're going to, you're going to, you don't kill, you don't, no,
11: never. Yeah, but Bond, I about that girl, never. I about the girl in Cuba.
3: Very sexy. Yeah, I'm, I'm an official oh. of the Bond women. In fact, I, I went after my wife, she reminded me of one early on, I'm not going to give who, but yeah, I like the Bond women. I like them. But, uh, all right, Beautiful. I'll give you, how about a documentary, you got one? Uh, ZZ Top, the little band from Texas, that was really good. There is a Bond documentary about the, mm-hmm. uh. The, about the author being James Bond, I believe it is. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, Becoming, yeah. Becoming Bond. Becoming Bond. Mm-hmm. Great documentary. Take a look at that one, too, for us Bond guys. Thank All you right, very sir. much. Care, Thank you. Have a good weekend. Bond. James Bond. The best. The absolute best. Duke of Joy. Or, I'm sorry. Duke of Jay, Hillside.
10: Hey, how are you doing, Sean? Good. How are you? Oh, real good! I had a B movie. It was a uh, early seventies. Uh, Ernest Borgnine in *Vengeance Is Mine*. He's up against bank robbers. He's huge. a farmer. He took care of them.
3: I am a huge Ernest Borgnine fan. Huge *Poseidon event- Adventure*. Marty. Ernest Borgnine huh? was the man, and he lived long into his eighties. And he believed that you know, if you were a little frisky every day with your woman, it would pro- it would uh, keep you alive. I think Ernest Borgnine was onto something. My wife, on the other hand, hates that idea. Thank you very much, Duke of J. Robert in Bloomingdale.
11: How about the Pink Panther uh, for a movie and a documentary, Hoover, by, uh, Leonardo, with Leonardo DiCaprio playing J. Edgar Hoover, which is but pretty cool. But that's not a documentary.
3: So. That's a movie. And oh, yeah. uh, it does explain a lot about the FBI. Uh, yeah. i tell you, he liked to prance around in his mother's outfits. I That's mean, true. He was a little ahead of his time. He could have really been popular in today's, you know, uh, political climate. I mean, after all, he could have been the mayor of Chicago. We've had a couple of those cross dressers. Thank you very much, Robert. Yes, yeah. I do appreciate it. They don't call it cross dressing anymore, do they? Uh, we're going to get on to that and the rest of your calls. I have two open lines: three one two six four two fifty six hundred. We'll take Megan first when I get back after this. All right, time to go to the lines of being huddled by a relative. Megan, Orland Park.
4: Hey, hey, Sean. Uh, I uh, first of all, really quickly, I love it's a mad, 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 mad world. I've it's seen fantastic. it like uh, a handful of times. I love it every time I see it. I love it more and more. So I know that yes. was one of your favorites. It is. It's and then a great movie. You. Yeah, and then you are always very polite. That's the one thing I like about you. You always value your your listeners, and that's
7: the first time we've called you. are entitled
4: on. to I just to lift up once in a while, but I, I just always appreciate how you thank everyone for calling you. So, oh, thank you. Thank you. Anyhow, that's that's just my little lead in. But um, the movie that I want to recommend is the Eyes of Tammy Faye. It's like the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker story. Great um, movie. Jessica.
3: Yeah. Yeah, very good. See, what doesn't about a doc- Jessica
4: yeah. Chastain? Doesn't she just nail the the Tammy Faye role?
3: She does, and then you see what kind of a scumbag, what an absolute scumbag her husband was, and you realize he's doing infomercials now, the rat bastard. Still selling. It's a, it's a great, great movie. Thank you very much, Megan. I appreciate the call, and I appreciate the movie. Let's go to, this is another great movie. Don in Lincolnshire, if only we had the gardener in charge now.
1: Uh, hi, Sean. Hi, Don. This is Don. Uh, yeah, uh, somebody mentioned uh, Pink Panther, and I immediately thought of Peter Sellers and the the sort of political spoof called Being There. One of uh, a, a classic film! a like, classic film. Yeah. It's just funnier than, than hell. I mean, it's just a... Uh, Uh, a real spoof on Washington power politics.
3: Or is it as you live in the reality of a moron in charge of things? Yeah.
1: Reality is starting to look a lot more like fiction these days.
3: All you need is a good suit and a line of BS. Don, thank you very much for the call. It is a fantastic movie. I highly, highly recommend. If you haven't seen it, you watch it. It is, uh, it is, uh, you know, fiction better than, uh, truth mark lamont
8: hey how you doing sean great show as always thank you Mark. hey uh, uh for a movie i got from 1965 the nanny starring betty davis she was a nanny for these two little british kids and a girl little baby girl drowns in the bathtub and the boy who was about five or six thinks the nanny killed her so they send him to boarding school and then he comes back, and then it's just an all-out war between him and the nanny. It's really Mark, great.
3: Real- Mark, I am an old movie buff, and I am going to tell you something. I did not yeah. see this. So I want to thank you. will him. love it. I am watching yeah. it tonight, the nanny. Yep. All right, I don't look, I'm yep. writing it down. I always have to go through our our, uh, our clips on, on uh, the podcast to get the movies. I'm writing yeah. this down. I'm putting it in my pocket. Yeah. How about a documentary or anything?
8: Yeah, uh, from 2006, Aaron Russo, America Fat Freedom to fascism. Unbelievable.
3: God, you are the guy. Today, You, I tell you what. Mark, hang on. You're getting a shirt. Let's give Mark a shirt. Trip me up on a Betty Davis movie. That's how you get a shirt. Eddie, Chicago
11: Heights. Hey. Great show, Mark, uh, Sean. Thank you. Uh, you like James Bond. I love James Bond. And preceding James Bond was the Avengers. And preceding that was Danger Man with Patrick McGoon? You can get in a box set. I don't know how many CDs. They're all black and white, about a half hour long.
6: Danger Man.
11: Yeah, with Patrick McGoon, based on MI6 actual files.
3: Love it, Eddie. See, this is the kind of stuff you do on the weekend. Thank you, Eddie. I really appreciate it. I got one minute left. Let's go to our guy Don in Bloomingdale.
1: Sean, uh, I think the movie you were thinking about was Starman with... um, uh, uh, No. um, no, with, uh, uh, hang on, uh, Jeff
11: Bridges. It was it Jeff was Bridges. Of first it.
3: of all, that's a classic, and I absolutely love it. But this is Manny Potemkin. And, uh okay. And it, let's, let's, you know what? Let's just come on. We'll ask the evil Google. Manny Potemkin, it, James
1: Conn think... movie. Oh, I don't know. But I got a. Uh, Alien got Nation, a... the
3: evil Alien Google.
1: Nation.
3: See, it's there not only go. good for Biden to give you the www.google, Go get a test. It gives you Manny Potemkin. If it wasn't for the fact it was a Soviet implant movie, or I mean, uh, uh, apparatchik. It would be great. Thank you very much, Don in Bloomingdale. Everyone have a great weekend. In the end, we win, because in the end, there are still 21 states that support your liberty and freedom. Just support politicians
0: to throw out the rat bastards at want to. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's